Good Gab, sponsored by Skillskin, a nonprofit organization empowering individuals with disabilities through employment. Good Gabbers, you are in for a treat today. Wow, uh, we have Gabe Tesh, you know, cancer survivor turned race car driver. You're going to hear about, you know, how to have that mental toughness, you know, how to get involved with his world, how to be a sponsor, and really just how you're going to connect at a deeper level. And also the world premiere of his movie. Stay tuned. We got a lot to share today. Gabe, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. Gabe Tesh. <laughs> What's up, man? What's up? You just got off a plane. Got yeah. here from Atlanta. <laughs> Literally last night, so it's been crazy. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. yeah. What were you doing down there? Um, so I'm this year I'm racing in the Skip Barber F four series. And so it was the first race of the year. Um we left Sunday and like 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 I said, I just got back last night. So it was a super fun event. It was my first F4 race in my career, and we got a top five finish, so couldn't be more happy with that. <laughs> Bravo, sir. That's awesome. And the F4 cars, like, that starts to look like a real race car, right? Yeah, it's, just, it's the next step from what I did last year. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a way faster car. Um, and so, like I said, it's the next step up, so... Like to get a top five finish in my first F4 race, I like I said, I couldn't be more happy with that. Congratulations! Yeah, yeah thank you. Thank you for jumping off a plane and coming <laughs> to join us here at Good Gab and to you know tell us a little bit about yourself and yeah, what's definitely. happening. Well, Gabe, yeah. So tell our listeners, who are you? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, my story kind of starts when I was 11 years old. Um, I was diagnosed with brain cancer and, um, it was crazy because a month before that, my mom actually just got finished with breast cancer. She finished all her treatment a month later. I found out I had brain cancer. So oh, it was man. just these two just hard hits to my family. And, um, I did 48 days of radiation in Seattle then I did my 48 weeks of chemo in, um, here in Spokane. And once I was done with all my treatment and stuff, um, Wish and Star, which they grant wishes for kids and the families to go on trips once they finish all their treatment, they came to us. And I told them I want to go to the Austin, Texas F1 Grand Prix because I've always loved racing. My whole life I loved racing. My dad raced cars, so I was always at the track with him at a young age. Literally, my first word was... That exhaust was, was in your blood? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was in my blood. Like, my first word was Porsche. So <laughs> it was in my blood right at the start. Um, so, you know, we went to the race. I got to be around the drivers and stuff, and I just kept falling more in love with it. And so on the flight home, my dad's like okay, so cancer's all done and stuff. What do you want to do with your life? And I was like, I want to be a race car driver. And they kind of laughed at me at first because, like, of course you want to be a race car driver. Right. You just got done with this huge trip where you met all the drivers and stuff. Like, of course. And then I was like, no, God didn't get me through cancer to do something ordinary. He got me through cancer to do something extraordinary. And so at that moment, they were like, oh, shoot. And now <laughs> we've been on this racing journey ever since. <laughs> Incredible. Um you said how many weeks of chemo? 48 weeks. That's a lot. Yeah, a whole year. Yeah. So it was, it, it's a lot. Like, like the average is like 20 weeks 
30 weeks and um, it just depends on the type of cancer so 48 was definitely a lot so are you up in like a children's ward like at sacred heart children's hospital like where where does this take place yeah so all my treatment was at sacred heart um that was kind of my home for that like my whole you know cancer thing so I was always in the hospital, which really sucked because I was, as an 11-year-old, you want to go hang out with your friends, you want to go play, you know, and you kind of see all your peers growing up and living their life, and you're just stuck in this hospital where you can't go anywhere. So it was a really hard time for me, especially just because I wanted to go be outside, I wanted to play, I wanted to live a normal life. And, like, you can't, right? It's like you're immune compromised, you're like, you have to, like, stay safe. Yeah, so it was it was hard, you know, and um, that's this whole racing thing has kind of got me through that kind of, you know, looking forward to doing something and chasing my dream, and here I am now chasing my dream, and so I couldn't be more happier. I know our listeners, like, some of them have, you know, experienced cancer. Their children have experienced cancer, and I'm wondering if you could, you know, just enlighten us a little bit about life on uh, life in the hospital. Like, you know, being a kid, being around other kids, maybe let us into a little bit of that. Yeah, so like I said, the hardest part of being so young is, like, you know, wanting to hang out with your friends. And then, you know, this big word comes into your life, cancer. It's a big, scary word for an 11-year-old. And you're like, you know, you just don't know what to think of it. And literally every day of your life is just trying to survive, like, literally trying not to die pretty much because you know that's what you're facing is death and your whole family's facing it and it's just a hard time like like I said every day of your life is not just you but your family literally fighting this fight yeah they're like in it together yeah you make friends in the hospital (laughs) <laughs> yeah there i mean i made so many friends with my the nurses the doctors i still keep in touch with um and it's just a f- you're you have to be a family because you know there's other kids that are going through it and stuff and you just all have to be there to support each other because that support is everything for getting through it makes sense so i could see you making friends with anybody when i first met you i was like yeah this kid is cool yeah. <laughs> thanks man so this journey uh started like you're like okay here's the dream we're gonna race yeah. something extraordinary mm-hmm. uh, how, how did you start like that seems just hard to even get into yeah so you know the beginning levels of racing is go-karting um my dad, you know, being a race car driver, he kind of knew how to start this whole thing. <laughs> so that was helpful. Um, so he bought a go-kart for me. And my first year, we just competed in the local championship um, in um, here in Spokane. And it was funny. My first race, I did horrible. Like, I was super slow. I got lapped. I was seconds <laughs> off the pace. You know, I just, I was horrible. My second race, I crashed. And it was just not going well at first. But then those after those first two races, just something clicked, and I won eight races in a row, what? and I won the local championship. And so that's kind of how it started, and my dad realized, oh, wow, you know, you have something. Like, you have some talent. So then we just kept progressing after that. Have you ever uh, tried to, like, attribute anything to, like, after that second race? Like, what could have happened that just, like, released this? <laughs> the fear go away? Like, anything that you can think of? Um. So I actually got, there was this guy named Burt Gasway at the go-kart track. He's a 14-time national karting champion. 
and we approached him and we asked him if he could coach me and he uh, then he was like heck yeah i'll coach you he's a super nice guy now our family friend we're friends with his family and stuff and he followed me throughout my racing career going to different races and stuff traveling with us and you know he kind of helped me get that breakthrough moment of you know finding that speed and stuff that's awesome Mm. Yeah, just uh, connecting with the right people. Boom, you're winning races. Yeah. So what was the next evolution? You're like, okay, well, I'm kind of good at this. <laughs> Your dad was telling me about this simulator that you all built and that you've kind of made this proprietary chassis and that you're starting to be able to utilize this uh, for different events. What's that all about? I haven't seen it yet. I can't wait to see it. Um. So, yeah, so... A lot of drivers as a tool we use before because a lot of the tracks we go to we've never been to, right? So we have driving simulators that we use to learn these tracks, learn the car before we even get there. So we're just one step ahead. And so me and my dad built one, like you said, and it's got movement. It's got all this movement. And, you know, it, when you get in it, it actually feels like you're in a real race car. It's really intense. Um, but we, yeah, we use it for just a lot of events for my partners and stuff. If they have an event at their business and stuff, we bring it in and I train their employees on it and stuff. Or I brought it to, you know, um, events where we help raise money with kids for cancer and the kids come and I train them on the sim. It's been a really fun tool to use that way just to show people, you know, what my world's kind of like and stuff. And, you know, these kids, they, they, they love it. They love this whole racing thing and being able to drive the sim and stuff. So it's fun. I bet. So I'm thinking even for like a business, like maybe you have a team building event or something like that. They could, they could like hire you and support, like support you that way. Is that fair? Yeah, so that's, you know, you hit the nail on the head. We do just, like, a lot of team-building events, and it's a good way to just, you know, have, like, it's super good for your business to bring all your employees around and just have a fun day of driving on a sim and stuff, and it's it's awesome. Well, I, that's something you haven't done. I know already those of you who run teams uh, around Spokane area, like, get together with Gabe uh get that some sim time in have a great time be able to support this young man before he gets famous because when that happens i guarantee you cannot get this kid in that room uh, <laughs> unless you're helping people then he'll be there yeah definitely <laughs> yeah it's been it's been crazy but i i will always i always love to help out so if you just get a hold of me i'll, I'll be there well thanks for having that heart for service yeah thank you so, yeah, you just keep kind of progressing at the go-kart level. Like, you know, you have your local series, then you have the regional series, then you have the national series. So we just kept – we moved up to the regional series, started winning stuff in there, moved up to the national series, started winning stuff in there. And once, you know, I could go to any race and be in the top five, if it was a pro race or a regional race, if I could just be in the top five, then – that's, you know, when we knew, okay, we just got to keep moving up and up because, you know, you can only ring the bell once, once you move up. So you have to make what sure you're ready. Mean? Um, it kind of just means like, you know, like I said, you want to move up, but you have to make sure you're ready to move up and you have to make sure that when you do move up, that you leave an impression that you don't just like do horrible and people are like, oh, you moved up too early that you actually do good and make sure that 
you're ready and that people saw that you were ready. Gotcha. Because if otherwise you might just stagnate and the sponsors don't show up. And yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, if people see that, you know, you moved up too early and that you didn't do well, then, you know, it's really hard to get sponsors. So you want to make sure you're ready so you can find those sponsors and people that want to partner with you. Well, then on that note, congratulations on a top five finish in your first moving up in the F4 series. Yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> Sponsors, come by. Help this kid out. Right. Yeah. That's just the big thing. This racing is so expensive, and the more you go up, the more expensive it gets. So it's always finding sponsors and people that want to partner with you. Um, that's literally when we're not at the track. That's our everyday job. Yeah, so – do you have some sponsors right now that are, are helping you out? Yeah, we have, you know, a lot of good sponsors are helping us out. One of my big sponsors is OTL, outside the lines. Um, they build all the water fountains for, like, the casinos in Vegas and stuff. And so they've been helpful throughout my whole journey. Um, you know, one of my first sponsors was Race Car Locators, located here in Spokane. Um, I actually am partnering with... Um, Jumping Jackalope, which is axe throwing here in Spokane. Okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> so that's super exciting. Um, yeah, we just have a bunch of good local sponsors here in Spokane. We want to make sure you know that the local people Spokane are part of this journey too. That's so cool. Like, you don't think of you know a race car driver coming out of Spokane too. Can you? Are you going to be able to like base yourself out of here for a while? Or eventually, you're going to have to move. You know, that's the hard thing. Like you said, Spokane, like it's not really like like you never see race car drivers come out of Spokane because that's just not what it's really about. Um, you know, race car drivers mostly come out of like California or Indianapolis. That's where it's hard to drive real fast in the snow. huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. We have long winters where that doesn't help at all. Um, you know, it makes it a little bit harder. But, you know, I, Spokane's been super helpful. Um, without my whole journey and we've been able to find good partners here in Spokane but probably in the future I'll have to see myself moving to like Indianapolis or something because that's where the big racing teams are and stuff so it just depends where this whole racing journey takes me <laughs> what's your dream where does this end up right now the dream is IndyCar that's okay yeah, yeah so that's the top level here in the country and that's where it's at and so that's that's the goal <laughs> love it yeah so I'm curious, how fast have you gone in a car? Um, you know, about 160s. You know. All <laughs> right. That's lightning fast. Yeah. <laughs> it's really fast, especially in open wheel cars. You sit really low, and so that it makes it even feel faster, you know. Like in your SUV or something, if you are going that fast, it wouldn't feel that fast. But when you're sitting like a couple inches off the ground and going 160 it's something else <laughs> i can't imagine i remember mom dad don't listen to this um i was in the middle of wyoming on in my sales career and it was a really long long stretch and you know i was young and dumb <laughs> and i wanted to see what my subaru could do and i remember it was like it basically stopped at like 130, um, <laughs> yeah. but that was fast, right. and uh, the lines started to blur. So <laughs> I imagine like that happens frequently for you. Is yeah, that, is that true? Yeah, when when you're going that fast, you kind of just get in the zone, and everything kind of else goes away, and you're just zoned in. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't really take in about racing, because there's a lot of people that say 
you just sit there and kind of just turn and you know full gas it like what's so hard about that but in like football and stuff you know you make a one minute play and then you take a break right but in racing it's an hour of your complete focus of going super fast and if that focus goes away it could be life or death right uh yeah so it, you're sitting in that car for a complete hour just completely focused you know on your marks and you know all this stuff racing cars at the same time you know side by side and so it's a super intense feeling how do you prepare like your mind and body for for that level of competition yeah so we have to spend a lot of time in the gym as drivers um because you know there's so many g's g-forces in a car race car that we have to take. really like a fighter jet yeah so we take about three to four g's every corner that's legit and so it's a lot of g-forces on your neck so we have to work out our neck a lot our core a lot um also we just run a lot because like i said you're in the car up to an hour so if you get tired you know your time starts going down so you can't get tired so we're running a lot and so to stay fit as a driver is super important. And then it's just a lot of mental training, too, because there's a lot of things that can distract you out on track, but you just have to stay completely focused. What happens when you get those rushes of adrenaline? I mean, <laughs> does that happen? I'm just imagining it does. <laughs> yeah, before you go out, you, you get, you know, like you said, you get that adrenaline rush, and it's, it's an intense feeling, you know. Sometimes I feel like puking before I get in the car, right? <laughs> but um, it's just being able to, like, the big thing is just being able to calm down. And once you're in that state of calmness, that's when you actually perform at your best. I think there's some sage words in that. <laughs> like maybe not just race car driving. You might be able to relate that to all parts of your life. Right. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's an intense feeling, but a lot of people, it sounds like, it doesn't sound right because when you think of race car driving, you think of going super fast and super intense and all that. That's what I think of. Yeah, but it's about being smooth and just calm and calming yourself down and just focus on the right thing at the right time. And so to get in that mindset, it's pretty hard. <laughs> well, tell us about this particular race uh, that you were just at. So you went to Atlanta. It's you, you moved up. Like, what are you feeling before you jump in that car? You know, there's a lot. It You feel a lot of pressure, right? You know, you feel a lot of pressure from teams. You know, when you, you want to perform for your team. You want to perform for your sponsors. You want to prove yourself to other teams out there and stuff that you're good enough for this. And so before you get there, you know, you just have all these thoughts in your head of like, okay, I got to prove myself. I got to give it my all and stuff. And you just have to be able to block that out, you know, block that pressure out and block those expectations out. And um, it definitely causes, causes a lot of anxiety, but that's just where that, you know, that mental training comes in, that mental toughness of being able to block that stuff in and focus on your job. What kind of strategies do you use? Are you listening to music? Are you got podcasts going on? Like, <laughs> how do you, uh, you know, block this out? Yeah, definitely music helps. Um, you know, I listen to music a lot. Music is something that really helps me. Um, you know, just getting, you know, just quiet alone time. Um, what song is on? If you hit play on your playlist right now, what song would we hear? Oh, man, I love so much different kind of music, but one of my favorite bands is Metallica. I listened to Metallica before I raced because that gets me amped up. You're ready. (laughs) You heard it here. (laughs) Metallica's awesome. I think they're awesome. So, um, yeah, definitely that. And um, just, you know, I do this one practice where I kind of just 
vision like my just my happy place like what makes me the happiest and stuff and I kind of go this just at peace place and that's kind of where I think of all the moments in my life that made me happy I think about all the driving performances I've had that were like the best driving performances as I've ever had so I try to think of all those thoughts and that's something that settles me down too yeah it kind of sounds uh real meditative yeah exactly just to go like to your like happiest time in your life and just kind of focus on that is something that really helped me out so have you practiced in these f4 cars before um so i got one test weekend right before the um race and that was it it was actually it was actually it really sucked my first like my first race this week um i didn't get any practice in the car the day of practice because my car broke down oh no so (laughs) fixing it getting everything going yeah it was it was really hard because i was just freaking out i was like oh i don't have any time on the track i don't have any time in this car and um prior to the week before where i did get the test but i didn't get testing at this track um so we i had to go straight into qualifying without any practice qualified eighth and i was like oh i'm kind of bummed out about that because if i got practice maybe it could have been a bit better but then we just worked our way up to that top five <laughs> that's awesome so you're sitting there the engines are going go yeah exactly <laughs> It was intense because, you know, practice is super, a super important thing and to not get that practice and then just have to go give it your all and qualifying in the race. It's, it's, it made it just way harder. <laughs> and maybe a little sweeter when uh, that top five finish happened. Yeah, it definitely was kind of, you know, like a even bigger reward because, you know, I had to work extra hard for it. Yeah. What's next? Where, where are you off to, uh, for your next race? Um, New Orleans is my next race in two weeks. Cool. It's, it's a, it's a tight schedule. Like, um, you know, sometimes we have back to back weekends where you race one weekend and you don't even get to go home. You just go straight to the next race weekend. And so it's a lot of traveling. So now at least two weeks is just preparing as much as I can. It's traveling and it's work, right? You're not getting to explore these cities, really, are you? No, like we, you know, wake up at six, get to the track. Day doesn't finish till five, and then it's like straight to bed. You're exhausted, so you don't really get to explore the cities as much. But it's still cool just to be able to travel and, you know, fly around. I, I, I love what I do. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. How old are you? Um, I'm 19. I'll be um, what? I'll be 19. Yeah, I'll be 20 in um April April 28th. So happy early birthday! <laughs> yeah, thank oh. you. Yeah, the race weekend's actually on my birthday, so hopefully I win. That'll be a good present. <laughs> yeah, why not? Just number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be a good gift. So um yeah, but it's definitely my life is definitely not the average 19 year old life. You know, I see my friends up in college and stuff. You know, and and then I'm like on this whole different path, and it's it's definitely not the normal, like I said, 19 year old life. Well, you said it earlier, right? Uh, you know, when you were talking to your dad, and you know, you were coming off your battle with cancer, that you wanted to do something extraordinary. Mm-hmm. That's all you were put on this earth for, and 
Yeah, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, it's been a lot of hard work to get to this point, but I'm I like I said, I love what I do, so I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I just want to be able to inspire more people to go chase their dreams, especially kids that are going through the same thing that I went through. Because I fear, I feel like in this world, fear holds people back. Kind of that fear of failure, right? Of not succeeding. <laughs> yeah, and just that fear of failure, and you know fear of what people think of you and inspire people to go chase their dreams and not let whatever is holding you back hold you back not let cancer hold you back whatever it is so you know with my story i'm hoping to inspire a lot of people how are you connecting with the community right now um i you know it's been super fun for me to um kind of share people share my story around here in spokane i've had a lot of opportunities to share my story um, I'm an ambassador for the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation, so I've been able to share my story that way. I help wishing out, sh- wishing star a lot. Hold on for a sec. So the National Pediatric Cancer Society. Mm-hmm. So like, what do you do? Like, uh, how how are you an ambassador? What does that look like? So T- tell us about that. So they just have these a lot of events. They have these events called um, Fashion Funds the Care. And so they bring these kids that are going for treatment right now, and then they bring, and the kids, you know, kind of say what they want to do, right? So it could be either like a dancer, firefighter, and then they bring the perf- the professionals to these kids, and they get to meet and stuff, and it's this big event to raise money, and um, there's a kid there that wanted to be a race car driver, so I got to go down and meet him, and he got this, um, you know, hear my story and how I had cancer, and now I'm a race car driver and stuff, and so that was super inspiring to him, and I got to speak a little bit to all the people that were there and help raise money for them. In those, like, dark, heavy moments, that kid could see a different world, like, yeah, that's the that's the main thing for me. I love racing, but there's the bigger picture is inspiring kids to go chase their dream because I've been there and there's times where, you know, I didn't know if I was going to get to be able to, you know, stay on this earth, right? And go, and there's so many times where doctors told me that I wouldn't be able to race a car that I just wouldn't have the strength to do it. And there would be so many things that would hold me back. But I want to show kids that don't let that hold you back and go chase your dream and whatever you love, even if it's just stitching or whatever it is, right? Sure. Just the little things. Go do it. You know, if you love it, you go chase and not like, so much back. happiness comes with that, right? It's like, yeah, you're in your zone. Yeah. I just and so to, you know, see that kid's face and see, you know, just his smile light up when he saw someone that was in his position go do what he wants to do. You know, I, I, that feeling, you can't beat that feeling. Yeah. That's real service. Yeah. You said uh, wishing star too. So you're involved. Yeah. So I'm involved with wishing star. I, I go to a lot of their, um, um, events and speak and stuff. I'm involved with Acoin too. I help out, out a lot with them and stuff. So to just give back is, uh, it's my favorite thing. I, I can see it. The, those organizations are fortunate that you live here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's Has your family been in Spokane for a long time? Yeah. So um, my dad's pretty much lived his whole life here in Spokane. He's originally from Minnesota, and he moved here when he was about five. So pretty much his whole life here. Um, my mom's from California, and she moved here, you know, around that same age, too. So, you know, they've lived there whole life here and i i was born here in spokane so um 
you know, I love Spokane and I, you know, I love the community of Spokane, even though it's Spokane is growing like crazy. It's still such a tight community. Everyone knows everyone. And that's what makes Spokane so special. Like when I was going through cancer, there were so many people in the county of Spokane that just came around me and my family and helped us out and supported us. And that's just what makes Spokane so awesome. True that. The big little town. (laughs) Exactly. Big things support each other. Absolutely. Tell us about this movie. Oh, man. So, it, you know, the crazy thing is my dad, we joke, me and my family mess with my dad all the time about That's this. That's good. And full disclosure, good gabbers, like, <laughs> I know Gabe's dad. Like, But, yeah, your dad is just a cool guy. So you all like to razz him a bit? Yeah, so my dad's this kind of guy where all these ideas always come in his head, and he want, you know, and he's always just – he's – He's a well. He owns Guardian Restoration here in Spokane, so he's been a businessman his whole life. But all these crazy ideas randomly come in his head, and we just give him crap for it because he tells us these ideas, but then it just never happens, right? And so one he's night, a dreamer. Yeah, he has a million ideas in his head, and most of them have not happened. But <laughs> one night, um, you know, he comes up with his idea. He's like, there needs to be a movie about your life or like a documentary or something. And we're like, oh, great. Here's another crazy idea. <laughs> That's never going to happen. Well, it ended up happening. Um, we found this old guy named Brad Baxter. He's actually a family friend that um, he does a lot of video stuff. And he made this kind of sizzle reel for us um, to send out to producers and stuff. And so we sent out to producers and four came back to us that just loved the story and that wanted to um, produce it and stuff. And we ended up going with Pindare Films. They're um, a French film company. And ever since then, they've been A very rich racing community, by the way, right? (laughs) Yeah. France has a long history of being in the racing world. Right, and they've Hmm. done a lot of, um, you know, racing films and stuff, racing documentaries. And so for the past over a year now, they've been filming just my racing journey. When I was racing in Europe, they had a camera crew with me in Europe, following me around and stuff. You're in Europe? Yeah. (laughs) How does that just, like, feel? Like <laughs> that, this is happening. Like lots of crazy ideas, like you're saying, but this like is coming together. Yeah, it 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 feels really unreal. You know, I it hasn't really registered with me yet what's really going up on. That there's actually a documentary about my life. I never thought ever in my life that I'd be at this stage in my life. Um, but it well, it makes sense to me because this is another way for you to help inspire people and to reach a, a greater audience. Yeah, exactly. That was the main thing behind this film for me and my family is to just inspire people with not just my story, but my family's story, what we've been through and stuff. And so if it inspires just one person or however many people, that would be the coolest thing ever. Yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> Shoot, don't you have a world premiere? And you chose Spokane to do it in. Isn't this like coming up uh, this coming week? Yeah. So on April 13th, literally in the week, um, we're having the world premiere of the film Do Something Extraordinary here in Spokane at the First Interstate Center. Um, so it's super exciting. We can't wait to, you know, kind of have Spokane a part of this story and see the story. And um, it's going to be awesome. And the first interstate center holds 2000 people. So if we hit that goal, of, you know, 2000 people, that'd be the coolest thing ever. Oh, can I, I can imagine you being up on stage, like 
feeling all that energy. <laughs> yeah, we're going to help you get there. Um, how do people buy tickets? So you can go to Tickets West. Um, you know, tickets are $30. The doors open at 5.30 on April 13th. Film starts at 7. So like I said, just go straight to Tickets West and you can get your tickets there. Or you can go to my social media. You can find the link for Tickets West, which my Instagram is GabeTesh48C. And then my Facebook is Do Something Extraordinary. There's a link in my bio on both profiles to go get your tickets. So... All right. You heard it here. Get those tickets. Come join me. Come uh, join our executive producer, Dana Devine. Like, we're going to be there. Come say hi to us. Um, <laughs> what You said doors open at 530. It's at 730. What's, uh, what's going on before this movie? So we're going to have a lot of cool different vendors. We're going to, you know, have food, drinks, um, um La Shaw Ranch Roasters, they're a coffee brand that I partner with. They're bringing some coffee to try out and stuff. And then I was talking about Jump Jump Below Axe Throwing. They're going to bring a whole axe throwing theme there to for people to throw axes. We're gonna actually, I've never done that before. It sounds kind of fun. Oh, you got to try it, man. Okay. It's super cool. <laughs> go full Viking. Like, here we go. <laughs> right? It feels awesome. You feel just like, you know, when you throw the axe and stuff. So <laughs> it's super cool. I'm excited for that. And then we're actually going to have some of my cars that I've raced um, that are actually in the film and stuff there for people to look at and stuff. And, um, it's going to be a whole red carpet event, so we're just going to try to make it as fun as possible. Are you going to talk a little bit to the audience? Yeah, so I think I'll probably give a speech or talk or whatever, and um, and then we'll also have like a Q&A and stuff after the film for people if they want to ask questions and stuff. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fun night. Oh, I'm excited for that. You know, I don't know if our listeners know this, but like I, uh, when we started Good Gab, you know, Dana pitched the idea. She's like, Steve, you'd be good at this. Like, let's go. And I was terrified, right? <laughs> and you had a podcast, and uh, you had me on as a guest. It was the very first time I had ever been on a podcast. I was terrified. You interviewed me. <laughs> I was terrified. I was like, because that was a start for me, too. And, like, being an interviewer, it's terrifying. <laughs> right? I know the lights get bright. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I had a I remember too I was like I cannot screw up so I wrote everything down and I'm like oh, okay I started reading it was not my best performance you made me look good Gabe so thank <laughs> you yeah oh man that was oh that was fun though I really enjoyed that day interviewing you and stuff because I think that was the f I I you know my dad's worked with you a lot and stuff definitely yeah we worked together for with Skillskin and Guardian mm -hmm. we, we're definitely paired in lots of stuff we do and so to actually get the interview and talk more about that was was awesome <laughs> well I gotta tell you like um, thank you. Because <laughs> now I'm having more fun than ever. <laughs> and yeah, this is a great medium. It's fun to be able to talk to, uh, you know, our audience, how to get involved and to bring amazing people like yourself uh, to the table to hear more, how to get involved. You know, come to this movie premiere. Join us next week, this week, by the time it airs. <laughs> And Gabe, anything else you want to uh, let our uh, audience know about you, your journey, anything at all? I think we nailed it, man. You did awesome on your questions and stuff. This was a lot of fun, and I just want to thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you.